Hey, Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything, our miniatures gaming podcast. All right. So we, after a long break of playing like games, have finally started getting back to them. Yes. And fuck you, COVID. Exactly. This is an explicit podcast, by the way. If you don't like swears, too late. Uh-huh. Because we're talking about GW, this podcast. And <laughs> a few are going to be... We have neat. a lot of emotions. Mm-hmm. So we got in our first game of Kill Team. Actually, no, yeah. we got your second game or more, right? You got a yes, couple games right. in and my first game. Mm-hmm. So we want to talk about sort of our initial thoughts on this. And just for a background for people as well, we had played a couple games of the Kill Team 2019. And I think, is it now being referred? It's not, a lot of people are calling it Kill Team 2, but technically it's not Kill Team 2. It's just the most, yes, the second Team. mainstream version of Kill Team. Yeah, we, people are starting to call it Kill Team 2021. Yeah, that that's like the COVID product. edition. Yeah, so this this mm. podcast is all about Kill Team, our thoughts about, about Kill Team. And if, if you're excited or really hate it, or you just want to know what, well, about it and you're trying to think about whether you want to buy it we can tell you our first impressions and we're going to go through it all so just as the disclaimer we did not buy the kill team Octari- <laughs> octarius or is it mr octavius box uh yes we did not buy it we did the um the compendium based version yes the compendium version so there's been a lot of hubbub about this new kill team. Uh, I feel like this launch was, there's a lot of controversy about this launch and how things were launched and everything like that. So there's a lot of questions about, about it, but there's also a lot of excitement, right? Cause this is uh, effectively, although it bears the name of uh, kill team, this is the, like, like they mentioned, this is an entirely new game. Like you, the only thing that makes it the use. same as Kill Team is that it's a skirmish game set in the 40k universe using the uh, main factions that you can. So you're not willing. You're not willing to use the word they use for the game. Oh, bespoke. Of course. So <laughs> it's a so new bespoke. bespoke rules. I don't know uh-huh. who it's tailored to, but uh, yeah, it's 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 specifically made just for their uh, being counters and their their uh, shareholders. So best book made to try and make as much money as possible. Oh, so, so even releasing, <laughs> so maybe people are coming out of lockdown. They're like, oh no, we gotta, gotta get it out right now. That's, that's what you're saying is timing for this release. So I have a theory of, uh, and we'll get into why I, I, I believe in this uh, later on. We talk about the good, the bad and the ugly mm-hmm. about Kill Team. I have a theory, though, that the reason why they released Kill Team right now is that their 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 numbers were not high enough for their new release of Age of Sigmar 3. And so they had to push their Kill Team release up three months so that it it, it uh, makes it into the... Uh, their, 2021 numbers? Yeah, their, their, what do you call it? Their, um, yeah, the 2021 numbers, basically. Their, their, their fiscal year end numbers. So they had to push it in so that they actually meet their targets so that their shareholders, uh, the shareholders, their CEOs and things like that make their, their fat bonuses. So is the title of this podcast, the kill team conspiracy? We're just going to go through everything we think is just as weird as actually a conspiracy. It's, it's not it just is now. Yes. It's not <laughs> so, incompetence. It's a conspiracy. It's very competent. It's exactly yeah. what they needed to do to make it. Okay. All right. So, so I think, 
I think anyway. before we go any further, let's let's go in and set the stage. So uh, NGW's headquarters, they're like, man, Age of Sigmar 3.0 didn't make enough money. We need to push out this, this, this game we've been designing uh, faster. Uh, it is the new Kill Team. What is Kill Team, though? How are we going to sell it to these new these people out there? What let, let's explain a little bit of what Kill Team is, as, as opposed to assuming everyone knows what it is. All right, so Kill Team is it uses all the big major factions you see in the Warhammer 40k universe. Yeah, but so let's if you're see. into the far flung rim dark universe of 40 Warhammer 40,000, but you don't want to play giant armies. You want to play small skirmish battles. Kill team is supposed to be just for you. Yeah, and the advantage is, like, obviously you don't need to buy the thousands and thousands of dollars of models to build the army. You don't need that four by six table either. This plays on basically a poster-sized board that you can just fold out. 22 by 30 inches. Yep, which is a big advantage because we're we're big into not having to build... (laughs) Well, not I'm okay with big, cool boards, but... The yeah. giant army is really just is so slow it takes away from games. So we've leaned a lot towards skirmish. So yeah. you're in kill team, you're often taking between what, maybe six to twelve models, depending on the faction. I think it's five to fourteen. Mm-hmm. I believe. Oh, technically four to fourteen, I think is the, okay. the, the change of size. But yeah. You're going you're going all around sp- there. Six to 12, uh, five to 12 is, is probably normal. Yep. Okay. And in contrast to the previous versions, mm-hmm. I think this is where a lot of the complaints come from is that now the armies that you put into the game, mm-hmm. you don't build, they're more pre-built, or at least you have sort of some lists you can select from. Whereas mm-hmm. in the previous version, you would choose them, them model by model with some restrictions, but it's now much more constricted what your armies are. Um, <coughs> yes. So they've, like, like they said, this is new best book, sweet, sweet best book, just for you made rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how they do that is they restrict your ability to run anything you want out of the Imperial guard, for example. And now you have to run a very selected list that has to have seven or 14 guys. Yep. And the, the armies are mostly based around what comes in one box of their figures. And yep. we can get into it. Some of the armies are basically <laughs> combination. Well, is there an Imperial Guard uh, box that comes with 14 figures? Who cares what happens to some of the other guys you toss? It's fine. You just toss a few. Yeah, you just are supposed to they're buy based, two Imperial Guard boxes. I'm not saying they use them all. They're just based around the box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're not V-Box. Yeah, so basically what happened, there's a, there's a bunch of controversies and we'll go through them. The first one is, uh, I guess that we're touching on, is that uh, they have this base Octarius box, which is seems like the true launch of Kill Team. And yeah. it comes with two different, especially, to me, these are actually like best folk, whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean, um, uh, uh, orc commandos versus veteran guard. And I think it's 10 versus 10, right? And they have all these cool options. But but on top of that, they said, hey, we understand not everyone likes uh, Orc Commandos because, you know, they don't have taste. So uh, instead, if you want to run your Space Marines or your Elder and stuff like that, 
we're, we're eventually going to release these, you know, like fully like design packaged uh, of, of those, those armies. But for now, we're going to release a compendium. And this compendium has rules for all of the armies you used to be able to play in the old kill team to play in this new, brand new game. And that's what we ended up playing with, right? And this, this, this thing had, this is the thing where it's very, very limited in terms of what you can bring, right? So Imperial Guard, you, need, you have two squads of seven guys and you can only bring, I believe, one of every type of weapon. So you can't like spam plasma, yeah. right? Which is okay, because you know GW is not going to balance the game. So it's probably best off they stop you from being able to take too much of any one thing. So, so at I think least they, they played the armies, roughly speaking, of what you're going to be playing. Yeah. I hope you like Best Book tailor-made for you, because you there's not as much customization as uh, before. Yep. And should we get to the part about how you actually pick your army once you get to the game, or should we get there later? I don't know. What are you going to say about it? So the thing is, in in the old version of Kill Team, you would build your army beforehand, mm -hmm. and then you would show up to your opponent and you drop them on the table. Yeah. Interestingly, for like a lot of games out there, we've seen let you bring sort of two lists mm -hmm. of a two list format. You yeah. show up, you see who your opponent is, yeah. and then maybe you look at their lists. Maybe you just know what faction they have, and then you pull you pull one of those two lists. You think yeah. it's going to be the best one to fight your opponent. Yeah. In Kill Team 2021, oddly, instead of just having a list built beforehand, you set up the game table, you put down the terrain, you pick your deployment zone, and then you begin building your army. Yes. Do you think that people are going to do that, though? If you want to win. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, this is the same thing that's in Malifaux. Uh, and... Yeah, exactly. If you're playing a tournament, you'll do it. But most of the time, most of the games you play, I feel like you're building your army list before and you're coming and playing it. Um, now, that said, is it terrible? I, th I think it's fine, right? Yeah, because um, because the, the issue, though, is like, well, sorry, go on. Because they've restricted the selection so much, it actually enables that to be possible. Whereas if you had to write a list from scratch, picking individual model by individual model, that would just become way too It might involved. be significantly more cumbersome. And, yeah, and, and, you know, I was talking some shit about not having um, uh, enough variance. And I think that's definitely true for cer certain armies, but I, I'm, I'm overstating it for just, you know, you know, I'm just, I'm just teasing old games workshop for old time's sake. Mm -hmm. um, there's actually a bunch of uh, equipment that you can, that you when you play a game, you're, you have 10 points of equipment, right? And you yep. apply that to your guys. So even if you have space Marines, which are like an intercessor, which it's true, like, you know, a lot of people were complaining uh, before about how the, this is too restricted because you, you, you can, you always can, if you're running intercessors, you always only have five, you can't have six or something by, by switching things up. There is 10 points of equipment and the 10 points of equipment does give, um, allow you to customize your guys, right? So as much as, you know, there is some restriction and it feels a little bit worse because to some people, right, they can't customize it entirely. You can still customize your squad. Like five intercessors are not going to be the same as five out of their intercessors by virtue of the 10 points of uh, equipment they, they attach to the guys, right? Because they'll have different pieces. So there is still some customization and you can bring your new thing and stuff like that. So that said... 
do you feel like the controversy of not being able to customize yourself, your guys enough, uh, holds true? Or do you think this is a little bit overblown? So maybe we'll go back to the conspiracy. Maybe these armies are meant to be sort of bland, or maybe they just didn't want to put in all the playtesting because they knew they just wouldn't be able to do it, especially with people not gathering during COVID. Uh-huh. And they restricted themselves to building these very bland armies and with the idea that they do continual product releases, which is kind uh-huh. of how they've done Warcry in that to continue to expand it. The armies you're going to really want to play around are going to be the boxes they release in the future that have armies specifically, that aren't... Instead of like in the compendium, specifically for Kill Team. Yeah, and they won't just have all of like five to seven of the same guys that you take mm-hmm. as a group. They'll have much more flushed out things because they keep calling them covert ops teams. Is that what yeah. they refer to it as? Because they don't feel like covert uh, op- operative kill team operatives. Okay, but it doesn't feel like an operative team when it's just like a squad that walked out there. They don't feel yeah. unique individual, unlike the guys that are in the Octarius box, mm-hmm. which they all feel unique because they're not so repeated. So yes, exactly. Big. It's like ten guys that are special for the the veteran guard, and I think there's like twelve options for for the uh the commandos and you can only bring 10 right and so each guy is different with special rules and you can kind of mix and match like what you what you really want to bring in terms of your army Mm -hmm. i i i I kind of feel like that's probably true and this is why it goes back to my original conspiracy is like i wonder if they only finished two of the armies they were planning to launch with and they're like oh we've got to launch this quickly ah whatever just release this compendium that we've been playtesting with all the other factions and just push it out again i i assume they wanted to release a compendium anyways but i'm just like well yeah because they they do it for well at least in the eighth edition release of 40k they put out the index instead of having codexes ready for people right away Mm -hmm. and that quickly became redundant with the codexes Yep. So, yeah, they totally got me there too. I thought the compen- the the indexes were the base were going to be the main rules, and then your codexes would just have a little bit of like extra stuff and fluff and like that. But literally, once the codex comes out, you shouldn't be playing your index. And it's it's it was actually quite frustrating because the index rules were, in my opinion, much more balanced than the codex stuff. Right, and it was much more balanced and much more fun when I was playing Index. And as soon as people started getting the codexes, the Eighth Edition fell apart, in my opinion. Yeah, so because uh, Games Workshop can't balance <laughs> rules. Yeah, so back to like the whole issue with that of them. So the core box, if you bought the Octarius uh, box and got the bespoke armies, yeah, then you would get a bunch of terrain, which is nice orc terrain. You get yep. these two armies that have a lot of beautiful unique- models unique beautiful models in them and you get the strategy cards that you really do want you need them to play the game we went out and got those to play the game and then there's also barriers that come in as well which are important for your deployment Mm -hmm. and just how the whole rule set works i don't know if we'll get to that or not Uh but the fact is the armies we played we played the adeptus mechanicus versus the primaris out of the compendium and we're pretty sure it's not balanced. Yeah. I, the, so when they, you know, Games Workshop marketing is now like so much better, right? That's their main competitive advantage currently. Besides, mm-hmm. you know, they've always had good models, right? Like upper tier models in the miniature gaming space. But their new like 
their new competitive advantages, their, their online marketing, they hired a whole new thing and they've been on fire. And they told us, hey, now that we you don't have points, <clears throat> well, it's going to be so much easier, I guess, for Games Workshop to balance the armies. So everything will be much more balanced, balanced like we never believed. Don't mm-hmm. believe the hype. As much um, as, uh, you know, I talk shit about that and, and over-exaggerated the limit of, of uh, what you can take, because like I said, you can still actually customize your guys with equipment. There is no way they balance this more. Like if you think that just because everyone is running 14 guys, it's going to be balanced. You, you have to remember this is Games Workshop here, man. They, yeah. They're just terrible at balancing their armies. They're like some of the least balanced uh, game manufacturers out there. They create beautiful models and then some of their game ideas are great, but in terms of tuning, I feel like they just don't do it. They're not willing to do it. They don't want to admit their mistakes. So they're going to sell you. So if you want to play, you'll eventually get tired if you do the core box of playing mm-hmm. those two same armies over and over. Yeah, so yeah. most players of the game, well, basically anyone who actually plays the game is going to want to go out and get this $50 compendium. Yo, by the way, it's $50 for this compendium. It doesn't even sound that bad when I paid like $24 for the card pack. But anyways. <laughs> I guess that's true. But the problem is the quality you get. Technically, the cards were not high quality either. Though. Well, the quality, once you the realize... The quality of the cards is lower quality than your buck fifty or $2 bicycle cards. Just telling you. Yeah. Quality of the actual cards is lower than the cards I get, even from the dollar store, the $2 or buck fifty uh, playing cards I get from there. It's lower quality. You need to sleeve them or they're going to be dead in no time. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, once you've gone out and bought this, and given GW's history of really being slow about making corrections <clears throat> or errata, that there's going to be this broken thing out there. And yeah. It's not going to go away. And when, if, if it does go away, you're going to feel like you've wasted your money on getting this thing as well. Yeah, $50, so there's yeah. no way to keep people happy with the route they've gone with this. Yeah. Like, so so I feel games- like the compendium, like a lot of people complain about the compendium, $50 for these kind of rules. And they're, and, and they're not worth it, man. Like it's one thing for the $50 nice, I don't know, hardcover rule book that you can get for the main thing, which I'm not even sure it is. Uh, but for a compendium, when like you were saying right as soon as these new boxes come out they're going to replace it like i'm sure there's going to be a a new space marine like just like the octarius has the the orc commandos and the veteran guard the next box is probably going to be space marines versus something else and it's going to feel really cool really best book like like really well thought out in terms of this kill team space marine army right but then when you open the 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 um the compendium and you look at these things you're like this is this is like not nearly i feel like as uh well thought out as the octarius stuff yeah so from listening to other people's podcasts before we played the game Mm -hmm. some of the people who talked about it were saying it would probably be best off if the individual model rules were just on cards because when you play the game you keep having to flip back and forth through this book to go look up all the rules because you need the weapon stats that are under the guys. You yeah. need all their stats. You need their abilities. And you end up just yeah. flipping back and forth through this book. And it would just it would have been so much easier if they could have been large format cards or something. So you could just, everyone could have them ready. 
and not have to sort of trade the book back and forth, not have so, to flip around? So a counter argument to that, I, I understand where you're coming from and what these people said, but like a counter argument is they did that originally. They had cards for Warcry. Yep. And people didn't like that. And so they went to books. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so, you know, they tried it. I'm sure some people thought, you know, and obviously for some people it was better, otherwise they wouldn't have released these cards. Right. Mm -hmm. But apparently people just like the book format more. So with the book format, it's really something where it works well when you don't have to eventually, it works well when you can eventually learn what's in the book and not have to keep referencing back to it. So do you think the, the stats in that are sufficient, are like simple enough? You can get them memorized after maybe 10 games? I think of your own army, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So maybe, yeah, maybe, it doesn't, yeah. maybe it doesn't matter that there's no cards because in reality, yeah. if there were cards or there was the book after that, that maybe 10 games, you'll just stop using either. So the format doesn't really matter. Yeah. So, so to me, I feel like, the rub is not the compendium. Like I understand the compendium, right? You you don't want people to just play Orc Commandos versus Imperial Guard. Like if that's the only thing you're releasing on release, you're like, okay, and here's some basic rules that we've kind of somewhat play tested for all these other all the other factions that you're expecting, right? That and will eventually be coming as a fully fleshed out thing, right? But then telling people you have to pay $50, especially when a lot of people only have one or two kill teams in that book, yeah. right? So let's say I only have, I, I only have uh, Primaris Intercessors and uh, Plague Marines. Yep. And now you're telling me pay $50 so that I can have two lists out of the 50, just like six pages out of that list, out of that book. A little more, but and yeah. I don't use the rest of them, right? Mm -hmm. You're that's a that's a haul, and then eventually, you're we're going to replace that with the true rules of your your two factions. That's like a a huge ask of someone to pay fifty dollars, right? Yeah, if they wanted to build goodwill, like releasing this whole compendium, because it's not. It's nice, but if they just released it online and let people go through play the armies, then let the community play test it for them, and then yeah. you're definitely of, play testing. That's a good point. You're if you buy this compendium and you start playing it, you are play testing for them. The when the the, the true armies of these version, uh, the, the true version of these armies comes out. Yeah, and they may have to just get rid of the whole thing or errata. They will. Them, they will. Just, like as soon as like a new like the whatever the adeptus mechanicus version comes out i'm sure it'll be like ah, oh, you can't use compendium anymore you have to use this new rule set for for these guys yeah okay so we think so, that's gonna go away so, so i feel like when a lot of people like there's been some hubbub i guess about the compendium right and would you say that the general complaints that people had were true or unfounded oh i didn't read so I guess there's two things. So your thing that you saw, what was the main complaint you were seeing from there people? There are two complaints, basically, that the one complaint is that there's not enough customization and it feels like very limiting on what you can build. And yep. the second one is, why are we paying $50 for this? 
mm-hmm. when you know you have so many different games that release this kind of stuff for free, and including Games Workshop, they've released rules for free with Apocalypse, which is a much better rule set. Yeah, given how simple the armies are, it just it doesn't feel worth the money. It just feels like they looked at the boxes they wanted to sell you, mm-hmm. and then wrote an army for the boxes that yeah. you they figure are applicable to the game. So it I think they could have like easily released all of the compendium online and they would lose, you know, the $50 that they do to sell all, all, to, to all these people, but they would have gained a lot of goodwill because then the story changes entirely. When you get a $50 product, you're like, these lists better be super detailed. They better not just be like uh, a, a kind of tied you over until the true release, right? These guys, I have to get $50 worth of, of, uh, of, uh, gameplay out of them. Right. Mm-hmm. But when these rules are like, like we said, not super balanced in my opinion, in terms of who can play against who, um, and then not super detailed. Plus you're only going to use a couple of the list, like a couple of pages out of the book, unless you have like every single faction. Right. It just feels like a terrible buy. So in my opinion, in terms of the price for things, I think that's totally valid. When you're saying, why would you pay $50? I would not pay $50 for this. So going back Luckily, we did not have to because we borrowed the uh, the book. We borrowed it from from our friend. Yes. So we we found, yeah, uh, uh, ways to borrow uh the uh the thing so that we could actually get the rules so we could go and play right yeah and in that case if you're able to borrow it it doesn't feel so bad because i feel like the second one of not being able to customize things i think it's a little bit overblown if you think about them as intro lists to tide you over until they have the full release Mm -hmm. release it is enough customization i think yeah, because the game's just not meant to be played this way. And just going out, if they did create the armies, if they made those army lists that are the would be equivalent of what's in the Octarius box, you would have to go out and buy so many different boxes to compile these armies that people would be like, oh my God, it's $400 to buy this bespoke army. And people would freak out over that. If you were going to start a new kill team faction and you had to buy like, you needed components from say five different boxes... I think people would freak out over that. So that's possibly true, but the kind of issue is like the kill teams that they 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 put together. Like some people yeah. were saying, "Hey, the reason why you only have five intercessors is because that's what comes in." I don't know one of the intro packs or something like that. Although I think it's six that, put, that come in. Um, but there's a lot of factions where that's just not true. For example, uh, I played my Adeptus Mechanicus list, right? Yep. And Adeptus Mechanicus, the box that you buy it comes with 10 guys, right? Mm-hmm. How many Adeptus Mechanicus guys are in a kill team? Well, it was 11. It's 11. So literally, I, you have to either proxy with like a hero or you have to buy two fucking boxes to be able to play your Adeptus Mechanicus. Yeah. And can you take two of the same weapons for the special ones? Yes. Or not? So yes, maybe you... So maybe you want to be able to double up some of the options. It's... So yeah. So here's the thing. I guess it's the same thing like the Gene Stealer cults, right? Technically, actually, in the old version of Kill Team, uh, the intro box, you couldn't build a full pointed version of 
of the Gene Steelers. So maybe it's not that different. It's like if you play the old kill team and you realize, hey, man, what the hell? I can't. This is not a full game. Yep. I guess things things have actually changed because the at least Octarius is a full game, right? You face Orcs versus Guard. It feels like if you use those two armies, it's a full game. Yep. But if you buy that compendium, nah, man, that's that's the same old games workshop. Yep. And well, anyways, we can. I think that's enough about the compendium because people didn't complain about that issue with the index indexes so back in eighth edition. Them. People sort of yeah. thought those were worth the money. They just didn't realize they were going to be throwing them away. Re- replaced it. They they complained a little bit, but that, it is true. They didn't realize how much they're going to throw it away so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, All right. So should we go back to maybe where we would have started with the rules themselves? Um. Yeah. So well, I I would. There is another, yeah, sure, let's do it. So okay. I don't I don't know if we want to run through the entire like rule system, right? You can just look no, online, no. there's lots of different ways to play. But the general feeling of the game, how what does it evoke? Oh, it actually feels pretty deadly, even though things have fairly high wound counts relatively. Like they've got like yeah. seven wounds to like 14 wounds for a marine. Yeah. <clears throat> so you're hmm? 13, I think. 13? 13, yeah. I think it was 13. So even like the weapons can output fairly high damage for certain weapons. Yeah. So it felt it felt deadly. And with the new mechanic for sneaking around, mm-hmm. it actually felt like you weren't just because the games workshop terrain is quite simple. Well, it's not it's not simple, but it's just not meant for very technical play. It's just meant to look cool. Mm-hmm. They've managed to create a rule set that sort of works around how the train has giant holes through it, or it's just sort of funky shapes, mm-hmm. that the, it will let you sneak up the board rather than just yeah. having to have a shootout. Yeah. So I do appreciate that. I also yeah, appreciate- so I feel like it's true. Like when they said kill team, they really did think about like covert ops and things like that. And I think the game that they fashioned sells, tries to sell that covert ops team sneaking around stuff. Now, what that the question about that is is that really what you want from a warhammer 40,000 game right because the sneaking is so important right it's and and so the question is when you're playing a warhammer 40,000 kill team are you thinking about being like solid snaker and stuff like that and and sneaking around does that feel like warhammer 40,000 no, it's not the universe, but I mean, it is, it's a skirmish game and it's a good way to go with the skirmish game. So, uh, you know what? I agree. I feel like this is a corner of the Warhammer 40,000 universe that can make sense. Like, if it's veteran guard versus orc commandos, it sells that, right? Yeah. That's sneaking around and stuff like that. If it is just like a random bunch of orcs versus uh, random Adeptus Mechanicus, does it really feel right to me when I look at the Warhammer 40,000 art? It's it's like the, the quintessential thing is a space marine out, not in cover, just like blasting away into the ether, right? And just killing everything with, with laying down fire. Mm-hmm. But when I think about the way I would want to play Kill Team, it is so much more sneaking around, right? So to me, I feel like this is... This is somewhat a mismatch, I guess, between uh, the compendium again, 
right? And the armies that you're playing. So if you're playing scouts, like Space Marine scouts who are supposed to be sneaking around or their new inceptors or whatever you call that, the guys that sneak around, it makes sense for Space Marines, right? But it doesn't make sense for like, like for example, custodes to be running around, sneaking around. It just, it just feels weird. The rule set that they fashioned doesn't match. Their armor doesn't even look like they should be able to crouch. No. Exactly, right? And their giant hats, like, give them away immediately, right? Mm -hmm. So I just feel like... Uh, I, I don't think this is necessarily a criticism of the rule set. I think it's a criticism of the setting and the, the way people want to play and the replacement that they're getting, right? And that the original kill team was very much a you know the skirmish version of 40k right the idea is you take your plague range you take your deathspanticus or whatever and then you just fight them over the battles in a skirmish kind of way this new kill team definitely feels like it's trying to lean into the covert op stuff which yep. is a specific group and it's weird to have you know random people running in and doing <clears> it and it, it ends up not feeling in my opinion it, it feels like a a, a thematic mismatch yeah, so they possibly shouldn't have created some of the armies. That's just what it comes down to. But of course, you have to have Marines, so. All right, all right. So uh, given that mismatch, though, are the actual rules in gameplay? Let's say you're running the scouts. Does it feel good? Yeah, it felt like the game was... The game felt more tactical than the first version. The first version I felt like was running... Once you'd position your guys, I felt like you were forced into a lot of your actions, that there was a clear action you would do, uh -huh. and that the decisions seemed to be less important. Uh -huh. Whereas in this version of Kill Team, it felt much more like there was tactical decisions to be made. So yeah, they've, they've definitely made a big improvement on the previous version. That's overall yeah. my impression. I, I think I, I agree. I feel like there were a couple of uh, like worries that I had. For example, the combat system, where in terms of you you both roll your dice, and then you go back and forth. And I felt that's a little bit clunky. But actually, after after playing it out, uh, I felt like it was a lot better than I had expected. Right. Uh, first of all, I didn't understand the rules initially when I was worried about it. So like, it just plays out differently than I expected it to, mm -hmm. uh, which is good. Uh, and then, but then the way that you play it out, uh, I feel like even though you're rolling first and then you get to like allocate your dice afterwards, it's very, it's, it's generally really quick because you generally know what you're doing and it kind of creates a little bit of a story uh, about what happens in this bully combat, right? So basically how it works is I roll dice, you roll dice, and then I allocate either a parry, like remove one of your dice or one of your hits, or I hit you with a dice, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, so in, there are situations in this combat where uh, it'll feel thematic, for example, but generally you know exactly what you want to do. You either want to kill the guy or you want to prevent damage, right? But, uh, and generally it's mostly kill, right? But every once in a while you have this thematic feeling of like, of, of let's say I had three hits and you had one hit, then I will parry my hit and then do the two hits and kill you, right? And if you play that out, the, the fact that, you know, you, you, you allocate the dice after you've rolled the dice, it kind of forces you into the story, right? It kind of, I guess, reveals the story of saying, oh, yeah, I parried, you, you flailed at me badly. I parried the hit, and then I struck you down, right? 
that kind of story yeah. evolves out of the way you're allocating, even though generally yeah. it's, it's, it's generally straightforward. It's not like super deep thinking when you do combat. Yeah. It's what you get to create out of versus roles as well. And the fact yeah. that you can, you can allocate your versus roles different ways. Whereas the previous version of kill team, you would just hit then hit back, uh-huh. which it doesn't, once you've played enough good skirmish games, you realize that the idea that one person, like if you're fighting a giant demon, the demon's just going to stand there and let you sort of hack away at them with your little axe. He's not going to do Rochambeau that. He's, them? Yeah. He's not going to be like, oh, you hit me, I hit you. Yeah, let's go, man. The uh-huh. demon's going to be like, oh, you've got your little axe? Well, I've got my like 10-foot sword. You you don't even get near me. I just like s- slice you down. Yeah, so there's like, there's a Terrible lot more back and forth, which is a lot more fun in that those ways. Yeah. Um, I will say though, there are two other issues that I have, um, which are not necessarily with the actual gameplay, but with the rules uh, as they're written down. Uh, One of them is, I think, one of the major controversies, if not the biggest controversy that a lot of people talk about is the shapes for the distances. So in Kill Team, instead of measuring two inches, three inches, six inches, you measure circles, which is two inches, squares, triangles and pentagons for six yeah not hexagons definitely couldn't be hexagons for six yeah people were very confused they're like why why do you need this when you have perfectly good inches right and people had a lot of theories of why this might make sense haven't played it does it make sense to you no they didn't seem to end up using the different like i thought once i read that i'm like oh they're gonna have modifiers to the shapes and if you're using a particular type of shape that shape might get modified by rules then they didn't have any rules that did that modification. I'm like, why? Like, I thought they were going somewhere and it yeah. went nowhere. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I feel like if they went that way, it would still be terrible. But... Uh, <laughs> understandable? But why? Uh, No, just, just obtuse and non-understandable. No, I would disagree. I think it would be a very stupid idea to do that. I think you would gain very little. Uh, for making a system that is overly complicated when you have a very much more simple system right now, right? Like, especially your movement is now in two inch blocks. So it's like three circle or two circle. Mm-hmm. That's just confusing, right? Because now before, like if you, if you look at a game like X-Wing, right? Um, it has templates, but they make sense because you literally just choose one of the templates and go, right? Yep. In Kill Team, you still do multiples of the templates so it looks like they looked at the x-wing templates and they they tried to say hey we should do templates too but they didn't figure out why they work right if you choose a template if you're going to do templates every distance should be templates but instead have two circle well the thing is terrible design if you were forced to move in two inch increments then having three circle I don't even want to use these names. Having three circle movement would make sense if you were forced to move in two inch lines at once, but that's not how movement works in this game. You have to move in one inch increments. Unless you're moving up or down like vertically. Yes. Then you move in two inch increments. So, so the the game, okay, let's just play it out there. The, the, the shapes, are stupid. They make the game much more complicated than it needs to be. Everything would be simpler with just numbers. Everyone understands numbers and it's so much harder to understand the relative uh, relationship between a triangle and a circle and a square. 
because a tri a square, if you, you say square distance, right? It's useful information to know a square distance is three triangles. As in three inches, right? It's useful to know that like one inch is like three, like it takes three one inches to make three inches, right? Which would be three triangles to a square. It basically becomes algebra, right? And it, mm -hmm. it obfuscates the algebra, not the algebra, sorry, the geometry. It obfuscates the geometry that comes naturally to people and everyone learns in grade five, right? Yeah. So they're throwing out all this learning that's intrinsic and that most people know for no real gain. It's basically to make people have to do uh, algebra problems. Mm -hmm. And you look at like, you remember we were looking at the, was it with you? No, no, no. I was looking at it with uh, uh, one of the other people I played with. Uh, and the um, mission set said two, no, three square, I believe. And I was like, what does this mean? And then I was like, oh, that means nine inches, right? Because yeah. when I was looking at it, there's like, there's shapes for the objectives. And then there's like a three square and I'm like, oh, what does a three square mean? And I, you couldn't have just read nine. Like, <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. And mm -hmm. that means that you have three square. Why didn't they just do nine triangle? If everything was in triangles, it would be easier. Yeah. So I don't mind if they don't use inches, if they just use triangles. So that entire thing was bad. And then in my opinion, is there's no reason, reason to use that. I think all the complaints that you've heard it's true. It's just stupid. And you just have to get over it. Yep. So that said, mm -hmm. if you memorize all those distances, right. And you never look at your sheet anymore and you've translated it in your head, right. Yeah. Once you're done reading the rule book, because once you start playing a few games, you stop going back to the rule book. Yeah. So luckily all the stupidity that's in the rule book for how they describe things in yeah. and your cards, your, your ways and your, your uh, objective cards and all that kind of stuff your stat cards and your missions once you've learned what those <clears throat> are and you've got them in your head you can yeah. now throw it away and have to stop and you just talk about it in normal measurements yes and you don't have to think about it and it becomes so much more clear so this problem it's terrible for your first 10 games mm -hmm. but if you play it if this is your regular game it will fade to nothingness yep so it's so, not it's not a permanent <clears throat> issue. Yeah. So it's not something you should hold. If you like the gameplay, it's yeah. not something that will affect the gameplay. Yes, exactly. Like this is just bad rules writing. This, like it, literally, if you just had someone, if you literally just drew, drew in the, the, the numbers in every single uh, square or whatever, and yep. they, or cross them out and put the actual inches in, the game would be so much like you'd solve this issue. It'd be easier to read the rule book. Yep. Yeah, it would be much better. So, so the other issue with the rule book is it's terribly written. Kind so of. I don't know if you tried to learn the game from reading the rules, but it is written in bad legalese. Like everything is overly wordy and overly obtuse. And sometimes I have to read a sentence like three times, right? And I, I you know, I, I read a lot of technical stuff, right? And work. And this is super obtuse. It is like one of the worst rule books in terms of, don't get me wrong, it's super pretty. It has beautiful art in it. It has this like new style, like 2D comic art in it. It's great. A 2D, sorry, black and white comic art. Yeah, that it feels like a, great. 
yeah, it feels like a modern version of that '80s sort of heavy metal look for the comics they had yeah, yeah. back like then. But it's now been brought into the modern dance. A really great modern interpretation of that yeah, dark. Yeah, I feel grungy, like it's filtered through uh, Mike Mignola, which is Hellboy kind of art. It yeah. looks good. Uh, so it's it's beautiful, right? The rule book is beautiful and it's well like graphically designed. But the mm-hmm. actual words in that book made me want to shoot myself. And again, though, this is not a real problem if you've actually, you know, if you you can circumvent this problem by just going online and learn or learning from someone who has gone through the pains of reading that rule book, right? Like yeah. a lot of the games we play, we didn't learn them directly, right? Eventually, we would read the rule book just. To, mm-hmm. to, to learn the, the small intricacies. But a lot of games, we just learned it from other people who have learned the game. And if yeah. that's how you learn Kill Team, you don't have to worry about the rule book. Don't even fucking buy the rule book. Just so learn it from other people. It'll just confuse you, yeah. Yes. So I gotta, I don't know. That's another $50 that to me is not worth it. No, you can, you can, if you like the armies, you buy Octarius and then don't read the rule book. You just oh, throw the true. rule book away other than hurting yourself. Just look at the art. It's pretty. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, so, or it'd be like me and just rewrite it so that I could read it. Mm-hmm. Just rewrite it and never <laughs> read it. Just have a document that I rewrote all the rules with inches and everything like that. So I don't have to worry about reading. So you never have to read the rule book again. Yes. All right. Uh, third thing. I think I mentioned this a little bit. Uh, distance. I feel like, although I feel like their combat systems are quite interesting, they're shooting and, and uh, or fine. I guess they're not interesting. Uh, their shooting and their combat is fine, and even there's some some strengths to their combat, like close combat attack. Mm-hmm. I think their movement rules are bad, actually. I think this is one criticism I would say is more than just like hard to understand, which is a, what happens in a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like their rule system is a mishmash of three or four different rules and three or four different ways to do things. Like we said, when you're moving normally horizontally, you move in inch increments, right? But when yep. you're moving vertically, you move in two inch increments. That why? Why would yeah. you change it? Right? Yes. They could have just written the park because they were trying to make it so you could round up so you get an extra two inch movement when you're going down, so you can kind of drop. But that could have just been written as you can drop two inches for free, and they yeah. wouldn't need to have all the new increment rules in comparison yeah. to moving horizontally. And then my favorite part of their movement things is that when you move through difficult terrain, it's just literally, or, or move over over something you need to, to hurdle, it's just a straight minus two uh, inches, mm-hmm. which is a great rule. It's very simple, super simple. But then why did they use that for all the other things, like vertical movement? Instead, they have this weird rounding up, rounding down thing when you're moving vertically. It's just, yeah. it just feels like three or four different rules, one of which I like, Mm-hmm. but like scattered around in their movement kind of uh, distances. And then they, instead of saying you can just move twice, they have like four or five different versions of move actions you can do and saying every action is, is one, which is not terrible, but like, do, we, do they really need four or five? I just feel like it, it made, it added extra complication where it didn't have to, especially because a lot of those movement rules say, like if you fall back, you cannot no longer charge or move. So they added all these exceptions. They split out this types of movement to a whole bunch of different actions. And mm-hmm. then they added exceptions to say that you can't actually do those two together. 
and it just felt really ugly and clunky in this yeah. in, in the movement phase. But let's get past the movement phase. <laughs> so how about the hiding stuff that we talked about, and how about the combat and the uh, shooting? So the hiding in this game, you've got to decide between whether you're sort of sneaking or whether you're in the like fighting, which they call engaged or whatever. Yep. So it's a lot of tokens on the board, which I think you could probably just, they, they do it so you know what things you've activated. Mm -hmm. But fortunately, unlike the previous version where you would go through your movement and combat, then you would have to go through all your guys again for doing shooting. Mm -hmm. In this version, you do all your guys activations at once. So I think that you don't need the activated, you can actually remember what you've activated so far that turn usually so you, you, so you mean not 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 all at like consecutively but like you go back like and forth choosing one guy yeah mm -hmm. so it's the normal alternating activation of most yep. games mm -hmm. but you've got to mark whether the guys are engaged or whether they're <clears throat> they didn't call it prone i keep thinking prone because yeah. prone is the infinity version but it's different yeah. because the guy is actually standing for the sake of being able to shoot them yeah but you have to be but depending on the train that's in between the two that affects yeah. the state that you're in affects whether you can shoot. Yeah. So I think that once you eventually get used just, to all the just cases, one, one point that that was the rule that I, was so hard to understand until we understood it and then simplified it and talk, like when I was trying to, to figure it out, I was trying to figure out the exact cover versus like when you're sneaking, whether you can be seen or not. Mm -hmm. If you read the rule book for that, you will want to shoot yourself, but like, it's actually quite simple. Yep. That's why you don't, that's why I try and get someone else to explain it to you yet again. Yes, exactly. So the rules worked quite nicely, just based around- and, and if you want to know what the rules are, go look online, we're not telling you here. <laughs> no, go watch some videos, whatever. Yes, exactly. All right, let's go on. Some of the rules for that felt good. And the combat where, I would have preferred if you'd roll the dice at the same time because you have to roll your dice to shoot first mm -hmm. and then that causes different AP effects. So you can't really roll both at once, which slows the game down a little, mm -hmm. but at least you don't have to make quite as many rolls as the previous one where you'd have to roll because they based it entirely on 40K in the previous version. We have yeah. to roll the hit then you've got to roll to beat their toughness value with your weapon strength. Then they get to save. In this one, they've luckily cut it down to just rolling. You make your rolls, they do their, well, it's yeah. kind of three, but you roll to see if you get AP off. Then they roll their defense. Yeah, and then and they take their wounds. And they take their wounds based on the weapon's power, how much yeah. damage is out. Yeah, it's a lot cleaner with just those two, I agree. Yeah. So I like so, that part. It made it made things resolve faster because it feels more decisive. And it's just more exciting without having to just sit there doing all this accounting. Yeah, yeah. So that so part. Unlike, yeah. Unlike the movement, I think this is actually quite a good system. I think it, it works really well. I like the fact that, you know, for defense, you just always roll three dice. Uh, which is cute, right? It's nice. It's just quick to do. Um, the issue, again, with Games Workshop is a lot in the details, right? Like my one of my favorite rule sets for, for Games Workshop uh, is uh, Warhammer Apocalypse. And the base rule set for Warhammer Apocalypse is super good. And I think that the, the base rule set for this new version of Kill Team is quite good for this Covert Ops team. However, I feel like the devil's in the details because uh, in Kill Team one of the main things to get through armor is AP. So this is, it's always been armor pen, right? And 
AP in kill team is super good because it normally people roll three dice for defense, but AP means that you can cut their dice down to only two or even one, right? Yep. And when your gun has three or, or even four shots, right? And you reduce, so if I'm rolling four shots and they only have two dice to defend and, and basically they have to roll a number to cancel one of my hits. Mm-hmm. If they can, if they only have two dice, they can maximum cancel only two of my hits, which means that I'm already pushing through a lot of damage, right? And uh, by virtue of the fact that you can also reroll your rolls uh, if you don't hit, you can you can basically destroy people with AP, and and this is this is to me a problem of like balancing, right? Especially when you look at these people that are supposed to be super armored and are, and are originally super armored in uh, Warhammer 40,000, like Adeptus Casodes or Space Marines, right? When you hit them with an AP gun, it is super strong. Yeah, it looks like they've just tried to give them more health, but the question is, is it enough health to make up for how much AP is so, out? So that's the thing. Like, if AP wasn't as strong, right? It, in some ways, it'd be okay with AP because, you know, an AP is supposed to be a plasma gun. It's supposed to, like, shoot through the armor, right? Mm-hmm. But the amount of damage like a plasma gun does is obscene. It's like, is it five, six? Something like that five. Or five or five, six. And a space marine only has 13 life. And then they reduce the number of armor saves that you have. It's like a plasma gun shot can kill a space marine in one go. And maybe that's what not, it's not even super crazy for them to kill a space marine in one go. Yeah. Cause you played Adeptus Mechanicus, which has a lot of against someone else. It has a lot yeah. of plasma. And we you can have again. four AP1 guns, mm-hmm. which is a ton when you think about the fact that a Primaris uh, squad only has five guys. So you can dish out AP on them every round as long as your guys are alive. Mm-hmm. Yep. And because you have the sneaking rules and it goes together with this kind of guns, right? Like I like the sneaking rules. I like this kind of stuff. But when you put it all together, uh, Five, four plasma, uh, four AP one guns that are like four or five damage and up is super high against space marines, especially when these guns are supposed to be able to kill space marines, like possibly in one go, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not like I only had five guys. I had 11 guys. So I had six more guys after that. And that rolls into, I think, another problem with the system is... Is is how the number of models interact with the missions? Yes. So yep. you want to go through that? Sure. So the mission we played was sort of the basic mission where you've got five objectives, one in the center and then four around the corner, corners. And then you basically need to be controlling them to get points every turn. Yep. And which means if you're playing the Marine player, you've got to like dedicate a large part of your army to sitting back there, <clears throat> which might be in the open. Or it might just be in a terrible position. You get no shots off, but you've got to leave a guy there for the whole game or run a guy off somewhere else where he's not behaving optimally to go get another objective. Whereas if you're playing a higher model count army, you can afford to just sacrifice some of your cheaper models who weren't going to dish out that much punishment anyways to just leave them behind to do the mission. So you're scoring full points from them and the rest of your guys go out and hinder the enemy, kill guys and all that. So you're just, you're just, functioning way more effectively in the mission context. Maybe if the mission was just straight kill each other, the five primaris versus yeah. the like, how many orcs would you get? Like a dozen? A 10. 
10 orcs or 11, 11 Adeptus Mechanicus. Yep. And oh, no, like you have that. 11 or 12 guys for orcs, mm -hmm. base orcs. I was thinking about Bandos. If you were just fighting for the game's four turns, if you were yeah. just fighting for that four turns to kill each other, they might be evenly matched. But uh, that they've gone and made, like, they've gone and made more detailed missions. And you've got your sort of secondary objectives that also require you sending people around. Yeah. So without without enough guys, you're at a loss for just sending your resources, which are your troops, yep. out to do the mission. Yep. So they basically a lot of the missions you have to just babysit the objectives, and if you have five guys and you have two objectives you're trying to babysit, your space marine that that you're 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 spending what forty percent, five guys yeah forty percent of your your guys just have to babysit the objectives. Whereas if you're Deptus Custodes, uh, sorry, not Deptus Custodes. If you're Deptus Custodes, you only have four guys. You're, ba you're babysitting 50%, uh, even if they don't die, right? Against Plasma, they'll probably die. Uh, versus uh, if you have Mechanicus, you have two out of your 11, you only have to spend like less than 20% babysitting these two objectives and the rest of your army can go out and fight right and do the rest of it it's just a huge mismatch right which yeah, means that if you're running these low low number guys that have to do objectives it's not going to it's, it's all you're already really down which means your guys have to be re either really good or you just can't use those armies in those missions mm -hmm. right so what does, what does that mean like in space marines the only army that has like 10 guys is scouts and to be fair, I think I haven't played them, but I looked at the scout list and it looks strong. But does that just mean that like 60% of the time you're going to be playing missions? If you pick a random one, you're going to be running your scouts? 60 sounds too low. <laughs> okay, sure. Unless it's like literally kill the guys, then you're only going to be using your scouts. Maybe that's what's going to happen, which yeah, is, I guess, fine, is. because at least scouts are thematic in terms of sneaking around. Maybe that's a, it's a secret thing where they're like, Technically, you can play your intercessors, but you should be really playing scouts. And we ever ever play tested it with scouts. Maybe this this is part of the conspiracy. Hmm. They're just trying yeah. to push you to play scouts with space marines. It could be because they they more fit the mold of the game. So just don't yeah. like we said before, the game doesn't feel like you should be bringing these badass marines to just gun everyone down. It's a covert ops games. If yeah. you try to bring custodians, you try to bring marines, you're playing the game wrong and you should be punished. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. There's another conspiracy. They have yes. they suck intentionally because you're not <laughs> playing the game right. Yes, exactly. Uh, or maybe the other thing is like, okay, so you you want to play down and you want to play your, your your space marines. You know, like Blood Bowl, where you have like tier one, two, and three lists. So yep. so Primaris are just uh, tier tier three, just the bad bad armies, and it's fine though if the other person plays like heretical like like chaos space marines and you play mm -hmm. space marines the game will be fine you both suck there you You're go they don't, they don't need to make a giant errata for the compendium they just need to make a list of tiers yes exactly if you, if you play uh, the space marines you will be in tiers <laughs> exactly uh, yeah, so I, I feel like that's a problem if you just want to play randomly and if, especially if you're playing pickup games and you want to run your 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 adeptus you, you want to play your primaris you're going to be sad with yeah. a lot of missions so and possibly to, they possibly might just suck against certain armies mm -hmm. like, so back to good things though like this was yeah let's not tear against this 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 totally let's not no, no. tear into this yeah no it's yeah. 
know. Wait, can I can I tear it to a one more thing? I guess. Okay, one more thing, and then we'll go to positives and end on a positive-ish note. All right. So the other thing that kind of annoys me with the outmat, the, the 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 difference in numbers, is that they try to fix this with the Space Marines having three actions, which we said just doesn't really work. Um, the other thing is that they give you Overwatch, which means that you can actually attack twice. Like if if you have activated all your guys, you can shoot a guy again. Like a guy can shoot again afterwards, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, after but, all your guys, after yeah, all after your guys have gone. Yeah, after all your guys have gone. But that's, I don't feel like that's enough against a 10 man list because you can only shoot in Overwatch if you are in engagement state, which means that you can be shot back, right? So you have yep. shot in a way that you can get shot back, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but if you have 10 guys, right, you can save all of your strongest weapons to go last. So well, you, you just like, I send out my six shitty guys to force your space marines. If they want to overwatch, they have to stick their head up. And then as soon as they do, you, I can use my plasma gun as my last action and just blast that guy. And if oh, then yeah, I go first next turn, I get to blast him again and then move away. Oh yeah, because you pick you pick on the one guy. You're like, well, you only Overwatch once, so you shoot. You don't even get to Overwatch at all if I if my well my plasma guy goes last. Well, at least not against good guys, right? No, no. but like if yeah. it takes a few crappy guys to kill the guy, okay, he shoots back yeah. once, but then your crappy guys just overwhelm him, and then it's and you got him. Well, you 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 save your strong shooters for last, right? So that they can't mm -hmm. Overwatch. Oh, you you waste you you send something crappy, eat up his Overwatch. Yeah. And then send no, not even back. eat up his Overwatch, because the Overwatch only happens after you attack, like if they have a chance to go. Mm -hmm. But if you used your plasma last, they don't get to Overwatch. No. And they have to stick their head out before you move your plasma guy, because mm -hmm. there's no passing mechanism. You just have to activate your five Space Marines, and then they've activated. And if my plasma is still hiding, then they they could not shoot my plasma, but because you've activated for guys, if any of your, those guys stick their head up, my plasma can activate and shoot your guy. Yep. So they are my plasma because I've outnumbered your guys because I activate five guys, shitty guys for for your five space marines. Mm -hmm. You're never going to be able to Overwatch against my plasma. Yep. So yeah, it means, I don't know. Yeah, it means you're you're more obvious what you're doing. Not never. Obviously, you can depending on how the order is. It's just a huge advantage, right? to be able to hold your guys back, your best guys back. And well, they don't forced, have any way to fix that. And you're forced to reveal your plan for your movement for that turn. And in a short-term game, like it's only four turns, you're just giving away all your plans and then yeah. your opponent can outmaneuver you. Yep, yeah, like in Malifaux, they, they give you pass tokens, right? If you have uh, less guys. So I can say, oh, well, I don't want to pop out my heavy, my, my, my guy with the heavy gun so that your heavy guy can shoot him. I'm just going to pass, right? And, and you know, we're, we're doing a skirmish game as well that's, like, in this kind of kind of vein, right, in space. Um, we have just a passing cannon. You can always just pass, right? And if you pass too many times, the, the round ends, right? But, like, to help, to, to kind of balance that out, to not make it so that the guy with less guys is forced to activate before, like, to, to become vulnerable before the other person, you need to have that kind of ability to pass or something or, or react when they move out like like infinity for example allows you to react right yep so and, mm -hmm. 
Although no, it's not, not IOU, but it's not alternate activation, so it's not exactly the same, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's the last thing. Let's go to the good stuff. Spoiler alert, do you think this game is, what do you think of this game? Oh, I think it's a vast improvement on the previous version. And I think mm -hmm. it actually fills, it does a good job of filling a particular niche where if you're mm -hmm. in that niche, this is going to be the game you want to play. Mm -hmm. So let's say if you're not into very complicated games, mm -hmm. this has a bit of a bar to entry to it. Mm -hmm. so, and if you don't want to like build a lot of models, because you're gonna have to build a fair number of models to get different kill teams to go into your faction if you care about winning. Yeah. So if you just want to bring a couple models, I think yeah. Stargrave is probably easier to get into because the rules are simpler and everything else like that. Yeah, I think Stargrave is definitely Stargrave is uh, the science fiction version of Frostgrave. It's a skirmish game that's heavily into campaigns. Um, but yeah. So I think if you want like an easy game, this is not necessarily the easiest game to get into and to learn. Yeah, I don't. I do not think this is a beginner game. If no, this like, is your first war game, I would not recommend it. No, like you would. Have, it's probably not the game for kids. But interestingly, like they're putting out a board game soon that looks like Kill Team ish. Oh yeah. So maybe that's the one that's meant for kids. Okay. Fair and enough. the Kill Team is just meant for adults with no time. <laughs> But who are capable of learning the rule set? Mm. So, like old 40k players who just want to like assemble one squad and then get a game in every once in a while. Yeah, exactly. Right? But they want a deeper tactical kind of thing with hiding and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if your game store can't keep giant four by six tables mm -hmm. or four by four tables, even, yeah. then maybe this is what you go to because not every game yeah. store can afford that sort of space. They just have sort of card tables because there may be a magic card store, which yeah. brings them in money. And if you want to, like, if they could offer that product and you could play on the same tables as a Magic yeah. card player. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like as much as, you know, I pointed out all the negative things, mm -hmm. I think that, like I said, the actual gameplay is, is fun. It's tactical, right? And I really liked the, um, so you get, like, command points every round and then you can spend them to do stratagems, right? And mm -hmm. you could either, and unlike, uh, eighth edition which had like 20 odd ones it's much more tight right there's only one generic one which is reroll, and then you have like basically a sheet's worth of strategies stratagems that you can use these command points for right mm -hmm. and that felt fun and interesting like that i'm trying to spend this resource and that and, and it added a lot of flavor to to your your guys without feeling like it's overburdening you with too many options most of which don't even matter right Mm -hmm. So in that way, I feel like that part is really strong. And then uh, if you like that covert action sneaking kind of thing, and if your armies are roughly like the same tier, right? I feel like there's a there's quite a good gameplay there, right? There's a back and forth kind of thing. They, they do have scenarios and, and the secondaries are secret, which adds a little yep. bit of interest to the game. Yeah, and they represent four out of the 12 points. So they're not, they're worth something. They're, they're worth a good chunk, something. yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, so it's very cool to do those. Yeah. It six, feels very... six out of four. I don't remember. Oh yeah, six because you have you have three cards and you can get two points it's from each. Twelve. It's got to be more than twelve, right? Because two is. Yeah, I thought there. Were... Anyways. Anyways, it's a decent chunk, right? You can definitely win off your secondaries, I believe. Yeah, if you don't score much on the first one. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, and the yeah, game, so I... the, time it, the time it takes to play a game. 
it was my first game mm-hmm. and we managed to play it in around an hour no we so didn't. it's not like no, obviously oh okay it was an hour and like a half no this game was long man really? we're thinking about the other game that we played oh okay Talk that's correct yes, yes this game is long it's like yeah. an hour and a, I think like when you when you end up playing it, it is not short. It is going to be like an hour and a half, I think. Yeah. Okay. And we play, spent more than that. We spent like two and something. And I had already played played it before. I'm confused because we played with the same models. I'm like, yes. it looked the same. No, it wasn't the same. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we did end up playing one page rules, which is the one we're going to talk about uh, another time. But like, I feel like Kill Team, it does take a little bit of time, but I think you get a lot of strategy and you get a, a fun. And if you're, if the point of the game is to um, get, like, if you like that kind of more crunchiness, right, in your game, and you like the covert action portions of uh, Warhammer 40,000 Universe, uh, then I think this would be a really good game. I, th- I think they said that every three months they're going to release two different factions, right? And I think if you play those two, I think this is actually going to be a good game. Yeah, if you agree and with the killer, there, there's two other killer things that I love about it. One is you can shoot your normal guns can shoot all the way across the board, which I love that. And like when we were making our game, we were like literally put that in because we're like, of course, right? Because when you start looking at distance of actual guns, you're like, 48 by 48, a rifle should be able to go all the way across the board, right? Yeah. And I love the fact that you can shoot all the way across the board in the game. And the other thing is that 22 by 30 inch, we already mentioned this, is a killer size. It's so much easier to have enough terrain to put on to make it like a terrain dense board if your board is so much smaller. And as long as the rules are made that it, it that makes sense in that smaller board, it's totally great. And that to me is like the killer, that might be the, the thing I like most about Kill Team. Yeah, you can have a nice by 30 inch board. board. Yeah, you can yeah. set up a whole bunch of nice boards because they sell yeah, for a small place. In a small place, you can even play it on a coffee table as opposed to having like a kitchen table, which a lot of games need. Yeah, so it's got a lot of good going for it. Yeah. So back to who the game is for. If you really want, if you want a more complicated game where you can build really amazing lists and you want uh-huh. like, more of a simulation you want deeper more varied missions mm-hmm. i think at that point you start looking at infinity yes i think if, if you really want to like prove that you're really good at at the actual game on the tabletop mm-hmm. uh, and you want to like test your metal i think there's not really a game like infinity like a like a competitor to infinity right now yeah it is the most uh revealing of good gameplay on the tabletop that i've seen right now and it reveals who's good painters too because the models are like the models are top tier so as you notice we really like infinity like there's a lot going for it right but but if you but if you don't quite have that time to invest in like deeply learning the rule sets learning hundreds of profiles so when something shows up you just know how many points it's worth Mm -hmm. if if it's you're somewhere below that like main game dedication Mm -hmm. I think Kill Team fills a pretty good role because yeah, it's somewhere those... in between. Yeah, it's, it's in... somewhere in between Infinity and let's say uh, Stargrave or One Page Rules, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not a beginner game. So not for people that just want to like totally not think at all, right? But it's and it's also not for like super deep thinking. The people that want to really like sink their teeth in. The people that like say, 
I don't want to drink at all when I'm playing this game, right? Those type of people, it's not for those people either. But but you know what? That's a huge swath, the people in the middle, right? There's a lot of people in the middle. And I think that's the that's the place where you're going to want to play Kill Team. Just don't use the rule books. Don't use the compendium. Like Don't use the compendium. Uh, uh, rewrite your rules so that they're all in inches. Mm-hmm. And ignore all of the written materials and just play the game and, and you know, you have your cool models and your small board, you will, I think, have a lot of fun. Oh, and, and make sure that your your armies are balanced against each other so you don't run an army that just steamrolls your opponent because there's definitely a lot of that that will continue to go on, like just hard counters almost of certain yeah, armies. Yeah, you kind of have to agree to what... You kind of have to agree, like, in 40K, I'm playing this army, you're playing this army. No, we're not doing anything stupid and crazy. Yeah. Yeah, saying, I want to bring my Parmaris. Don't bring four plasma guns, right? Yeah, basically. Or don't, yeah. or just you play, like, the Death Guard. Yeah, well, exactly. Death Guard, you play the... Yeah, Death Guard is five guys as well, yeah. Yeah, you, like, you've got to have a little bit of decisions over the matches. Or when the game evolves and there's more of the the bespoke armies are yeah, out. The real armies, as we the call them. The ones that are all like actual covert teams and stuff like that. Yeah, then you could just yeah. be like, we're playing one of these because this is how the yeah. game is meant to be played. Yeah, don't play anything for compendiums. Yeah, I think that once they do it, in some ways, maybe it's like the 8th edition, right? Like a lot of people said, oh, you know, after the, the codexes started coming out, it's like the real game is when you play with your codexes, not from, from the index, right? Yeah, and I think it'll be better for stores too that this game exists. Because running a 40k tournament and just getting lots of people together to play 40k, the game stores often just yeah. don't have the terrain for that. They don't have the space for it. Yeah. But literally, the time it takes to play a 40k tournament is also extreme. Yeah. So it's giving game stores a way they can get like people who like 40k models and have 40k armies to come into the store and actually put on events. So yeah. Yeah, I think, and I think it's a vast improvement over the the previous version. Not not the actual rule books. But the actual rules, the rule set, mm-hmm. the, yeah, the rule set is a vast improvement. The rule books are terrible and in many ways worse. And the but the rules, oh, except for the art, the art is beautiful. I actually like the art more in this this book than the previous ones. But yep. the yeah, so if you can just get around not having to ever read those rule books, uh, you're good to go. Uh, and unlike 40k tournaments, uh, uh, the game is although not not short. It's like an hour and a half, so you know it's long enough that you you know you can you feel like accomplished after you've played a game. Yes, yeah, it's a good length. It's within the good length for skirmish games, I would say. Yeah, I feel like it's a bit dead too deadly for my tastes, but you know some people like like that. I think there's going to be if if things go badly for you, you could get wiped out on turn three, which I'm not that fond of, but. That's basically the way people play 40k games now because they want their guns to be so powerful, right? Relative to their armor. So, all right. So overall, uh, I think. Uh, any last thoughts about about it? Oh, I think if there's a community that pops up at our game store that starts playing it, I would play it. Oh wow! This is so much but, different than the previous one. The last oh, one, I, you're like, I, I don't won't th- touch it. I don't think there will be. <laughs> That's fair. The 40k uh, players should, but they won't because yeah, something wrong with. Well, them. Yeah. Well, also, yeah. Apocalypse is a so much better version of of playing 
uh, 40k than than normal 40k at no one plays. And that they didn't figure that one out either. So yeah, so can't even blame Games Workshop for this. This is just the people. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah, so I think actually this game pleasantly surprised me. Like I, at first, I was really happy because I was like, "Oh, new rules!" But after seeing like a lot of the problems that we that mm-hmm. that, that spring up, I was really worried. Um, the problems are are actually there, but the gameplay after playing it, it kind of wins out, assuming that it continues to grow as a game. This is yeah, a good starting point. It's probably damaging for it to be a competitive game for what they've just done. Mm-hmm. But for a casual format, it's probably okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So this is one of the most positive we've been for a Games Workshop game in, in a long time. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm interested to see what we say about uh, kill, uh, uh, Blood Bowl when we actually go and play that. Yep. Hopefully that soon. Yeah. All right. So if you have any ideas about, or any ideas, any thoughts you want to share about Kill Team or any questions that you want to, to ask us, or if you vehemently disagree with us, well, keep it to yourself. Not just kidding. Come, come and talk to us. You can uh, contact us at contact at Dice Over Everything. Yeah, or find us on Facebook at Dice Over Everything, or join the Dice Over Everything group to see what we're up to and let us know your thoughts. All right. Uh, this has been Alan. And it's been Brandon. Bye.